0: If you have your copy of God's Word, if you turn to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, and we'll be reading this here in just a moment, Proverbs chapter 1. And I would like to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I'm glad to have my mother still living and with us today. She's going to be here for lunch. We spent some time with her and my wife as well yesterday. We had a nice lunch and celebrated Mother's Day yesterday already. We'll continue today, but I I did see one very wise um, comment by Brother Scott Pauley this morning. He said, you may preach on mothers today, but make sure you point everyone to Christ. And that is our intention. We do have a message today that is uh, centered around, perhaps, mothers. But uh, I do pray that we it leads to Christ. But uh, Proverbs chapter 1, we'll be taking our text from. We're going to look at the first nine verses on the message I've titled, The Law of Thy Mother." And this is a Mother's Day sermon for today's uh, 2021. Proverbs chapter 1, and here the Bible says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtly to the simple, to the young man's knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. If you underline things in your Bible, underline those those words there in verse eight. And forsake not the law of thy mother. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the reading of your Word this morning. We now are asking for your help, Lord. We can't preach this without you. And Lord, tries we may, we'll fail, we'll stumble, and we'll fall. But God, I know your Word will go out, and it'll do what you please and what you want accomplished. And Lord, we're praying for that today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The book of Proverbs, of course, written by King Solomon, the son of David, the Bible tells us he's the wisest man uh, of of all uh, from that point and and on. And so uh, I believe the Bible and every word of the Bible, and that's what the Bible says. God gave wisdom to Solomon more than anyone else on the face of this earth. Now we know, of course, this doesn't include the Lord Jesus. That should go without saying. Uh, there's people today you'll make a statement like that and they'll say no wait a minute jesus was a wise guy yeah, i know that and uh, that should be that should be a given we shouldn't have to say that every time that we say something about the bible we know that the lord jesus is the center of the bible he's the center and focus of everything we do he is the smartest and wisest in, in everything of all of everyone uh so but the bible does tells us that uh, the lord gave solomon this wisdom he he granted him this wisdom uh, the most smart man on the face of the earth. And the book of Proverbs here opens up with an introduction declaring Solomon as the son of David, king of Israel. Now, the whole premise of this book is, of course, to provide words of wisdom. The first nine chapters are kind of an introduction to start with uh, chapter 10 of Proverbs. Chapter 10 of Proverbs starts giving the actual wisdom part. Uh, all this is just leading up to it. These verses are preparing the one that is reading the text for what's to come in chapter 10, where all this wisdom will be given out. And so here we find that King Solomon is, is uh, telling us about how we are to obtain this wisdom, how we gain this knowledge, how, how we are to retain it as well. Now, as many times I've said in my preaching that I believe the entire Bible. I don't believe there's any mistakes or problems or accidents in it. And anything that we don't understand is the lack of our understanding. Uh, But here in Proverbs, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fools despise wisdom and instruction. And you're going to find that has always held true. From the beginning of time, fools have always rejected wisdom and instruction. Uh, Today, the atheists, they believe they're the smartest people on earth. And you'll look at these polls and statistics that will tell you that these people that claim to be atheists have a much higher IQ than those that claim to be Christian. I don't know who gave out those tests, but uh, the atheists today think they're smarter than God. They say there is no God, yet they are so afraid of him. They're so afraid of any time that we speak out about God, the Lord Jesus. Why do they want to stomp out his name if they don't believe he's real? They don't do this with uh, Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. Uh, Why do it to the Lord Jesus? Because they know he's real. They're just in a state of denial. (laughs) There's no such thing as atheism. And so, uh, we find that God and, and the Lord Jesus has been taken out of almost everything today. Uh, it is man's fleshly desire to push him away. Uh, men love darkness, the Bible says. They, 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 they love darkness and they hate the light. That's why they rejected the Lord Jesus when he came into this earth. But they'd like to take God out of everything. Of course, the government took taking God out of our public schools. That's a no-no, but we can teach witchcraft and, uh, homosexuality, and anything else on this earth, but leave the Lord Jesus out of it. We don't want to mention him. Our current president, just this past week, refused to use the name of God in the day of prayer, prayer. Now, you want to tell me that's not messed up? Uh, we live in one of the most wicked, ungodly places in all the face of the earth these days. Now, I know there's places like North Korea and, and, and Iran and all those where it's illegal to be a Christian, but we are seeing today in our government, our society, the the, um, the purposeful act of trying to uh, rid anything of Christian morals and values. And anything that has to do with God. And so right now we're living in this country where there's a group of people that are working on taking God out of everything. They want to off our currency, off of our uh, public uh, places. No government place can have anything to do with God. Uh, Lord forbid that that the policemen have a, a, a sticker on the back of their patrol car that mentions the Lord or anything like that. And so if there's ever a time on earth that mothers and fathers are needed, godly mothers and fathers are needed, it's the time we live in today. Because our children are getting bombarded with the thoughts of this modern society, this modern way of thinking, this ungodly way of thinking, this unchristian way of thinking. And our children are are getting this from all sides. It's satanic teaching in the public schools. Uh, I I would urge anyone today to pull their children out of the public school and homeschool. There is no need to have your children being bombarded with values that go completely against what you believe. And that's what's going on today. College campuses, they're nothing but a breeding ground for liberal thinking. Uh, immoral acts uh, they're atheistic they're politically uh, correct crybabies is what they are today we call them there's a term snowflakes <laughs> yeah they're a bunch of snowflakes and those snowflakes are melting and they're going to hell is where they're going look at verse 8 of our text in proverbs chapter 1 my son hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother i asked you earlier to underline that phrase there forsake not the law of thy mother. That's what our thoughts are on today. This law of thy mother. Solomon said, Hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. I can't help but notice here in the very first chapter and first verses of, of the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, that the first thing he brings up is the instructions of fathers and mothers. Uh, I find that very interesting, especially considering who the one, the human Pimon is. This writing down what God's told him to write. Solomon. Uh, a, a mixture of this man. Though he was the wisest of all. Uh, so many. Bad qualities that he had. Uh, so many things that he did wrong. Yet later in life he understood. The error of his ways. He he looked back on his life. And, and, and knew vanity, vanity. All is vanity. There's nothing new under the sun. Uh, he understood those things. But. Here he's, he's emphasizing the instructions of fathers and the laws of the mother. Uh, you know, recent surveys say that 10 out of 10 people had a mother. If you're born today, then you had a mother at some point. She may not be living today. Uh, she, she may have, have abandoned you. She may have given you up and gave you up for adoption. You may have been raised by someone other than your mother. But the fact is, we all had a mother to begin with. Even the Lord Jesus had an earthly mother that God had had blessed to be able to have the have that child uh, by the Holy Ghost. But we all have mothers, and according to Webster's Dictionary, the definition of a mother is one of the human race, a woman who has borne a child. And so, to to be a mother. uh Honestly, the, the only qualification is that you had a, had a child and you become a mother. Now, not all mothers are fit mothers. There's some mothers that are unfit. There's some mothers that do not have the heart of a mother, the heart that, that they should have. Uh, like I said, some folks were given up by their mothers. Some had bad mothers. But if you're alive today, you had a mother when you were born. Now, if you were fortunate, like I am, I was blessed with a a godly mother. I was blessed with a great mother, wonderful, who did everything in her power to make sure that I had everything that I needed and most of the time wanted. And so she would give up her comforts to make sure that I had comfort. My wife is the same. She does the same with her children. She puts the children above her feelings and above her uh, comforts 100% of the time uh george washington he's quoted as saying my mother was the most beautiful woman i ever saw all i am i owe to my mother i attribute all my success in life to the moral intellectual and physical education i received from her those are some high praises from uh, general washington and uh I i feel the same uh if it were not for our mothers and for the godly instruction and the always making sure that I was under the teaching of God's Word. As a young man, I would have refused to go to church. That was the way I was. I was I wanted to rebel. And so when church time came and and I knew it was time to go, I wanted to pretend I was sick or you know and, and raise a fuss and didn't want to go and maybe cry or something like that but my mother and my father made sure that I was going to be in church whether I wanted to be or not. And today, while while I may not have understood that as a young child and may have thought, well, they're being so mean and forcing me to go to church, I am so glad that they did. I would would give up everything just to know that, that my parents loved me enough to make sure that I was instructed of the Lord's ways and the Lord's word. And so... Solomon writes here, forsake not the law of thy mother. But what does that really mean? Well, in the last chapter of the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 31, 1 through 31, uh, from the wisdom given by the mother of King Lemuel. Uh, Lemuel. And we get a picture of the qualities of what the Bible says is the perfect mother. Now, everybody, of course, thinks their mother's perfect. Uh, I'll tell you that. My kids will tell you that. Uh, I believe they will. Uh, they're still still young and, and rebellious sometimes, but uh, deep in their heart, they, they know that. But here in Proverbs 31, uh, Lemuel, I keep having a hard time with that, Lemuel, uh, he gives these qualities of the perfect mother. Look at it there, starting with verse 1 of Proverbs 31. It says, The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. All right, so this, these are things that, his own mother taught him. Now skip down to verse 10 as we look at these qualities. Verse 10, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She's like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it and with the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up, and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. All these qualities that are mentioned here in the book of Proverbs of a virtuous woman are the qualities of what you would call the perfect mother, a good mother. The Bible says her price is above rubies. That means it's it's priceless. Uh, We don't don't deal in rubies today as far as... uh, our coins and things, we use currency, we use cash, and uh, even the gold standard and silver still to some. But rubies is, of course, a form of, of payment they would use. A very expensive, very exquisite, a ruby is. And, and here the Bible is telling us that this woman like this, she's worth far above even a ruby. And so the kind of virtue she has cannot be bought or sold. It can only come from the Lord. In fact, he even says down there in verse 30, favor is deceitful beauty's vain. And so many people today are are looking for those things. They want favor with everything and they want uh, beauty to be the number one thing. I I understand women strive to to look beautiful, but uh, here the Bible is telling us the most important thing is that she fears the Lord. And I believe when a woman fears the Lord, all these other things will work out themselves. They'll be Praise. They'll have that beauty. They'll have favor. And so you can't buy or sell these kind of virtues. They only come from the Lord. Uh, This kind of woman, she dispenses all these things to the welfare of her children and her husband to her home. And they love her for it. And they remember her law. Remember what is said in her opening text Forsake not the law of thy mother. That's what it's talking about. These things that we see in the virtues of this perfect mother. Do not despise these things. Don't forsake these things. Hold these things near and dear to your heart and and walk in those things. Over in Proverbs 22 and 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I understand that there's times when children stray. Uh, We think about the prodigal son. He went into that faraway country where he did not belong. And there's people I know today that were raised up in a Christian home that have rebelled and they've went out in the world and they're living in a sinful lifestyle. But I do believe that if a child is trained up in the way they should go, they'll always remember those things. They'll have that in the back of their mind. And one day they'll suddenly, they'll wake up and it'll, it'll, they'll come to and they'll, they'll remember those things that they were taught. But in this wicked generation we live in today, many could care less about their mothers. Many could care less about the instruction of their fathers. And they depart from it. The Bible tells us it would be this way. Proverbs thirty and eleven said, "There is a generation that curses their father and doth not bless their mother." Well, that generation he's speaking of, of course, is the generation we're living in now. I have known people that have, that would curse their own parents. They would they would kill their own parents to to gain something. Um, there's cases, of course, you've seen in the news. Of these people that. Um, they they're so greedy and they want money and so they'll they'll sell out their own families, their own grandmothers, their own mothers and fathers. Uh I've seen a case not too long ago in the news where a man had killed his mother so that he could take all of her possessions. Uh, listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians six, one through three. It says, Children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on earth. I fully believe there's a lot of people today that have shortened their lives on this earth because of the way they've not dealt with their parents the right way because they've not honored their father and their mother. And back in our opening text, Solomon tells us the results of keeping the law of our mothers. Look at it, Proverbs 1 and 9. These are the results of keeping the law of our mothers. It says, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Now, if you look just three chapters over in chapter four, you'll find where again Solomon uses the same phrase here. Only not in reference to the law of thy mother, but in reference to wisdom itself. Proverbs chapter four, verse five. He says, get wisdom, get understanding Forget it not; neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing; therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head here it is an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver thee. And so these symbols of an ornament here, of grace and and this wreath uh, that's what an ornament is, it's a wreath. Uh, Grace of course we know means unmerited favor, kindness and favor towards someone is grace. And so the first mention was the instruction of thy father and the law of thy mother. And the second was to get wisdom and understanding. And if you have these things, if you seek after these things, then The ornament of grace will be about your head, and a crown of glory shall deliver thee. And we need to desperately seek wisdom today. Uh, We live, while men today may have very high IQs, uh, just yesterday we saw the results of what Elon Musk did. He went on television and, and said a negative word about a certain cryptocurrency which dropped the value of it, drastically. People lost thousands and thousands of dollars because of his words of what he said on the television program. And while he may be, be a billionaire, and very wise in business things, he's not very smart. Um, to know that just a, a simple word, a negative word, can change the outlook and outcome of so many people all at one time, that's not very wise to do. And so he may be a smart man, may have an IQ, high IQ, but uh, he doesn't have much wisdom. And so it seems today we have more available to provide wisdom. I mean, get on the World Wide Web. You have access to almost any kind of school, any kind of uh, curriculum, instruction books, dictionaries, uh, encyclopedias. You have all this knowledge out there that you can access To gain more wisdom, yet we're still living in one of the dumbest societies ever on the face of this earth. So unwise today. And so instead of seeking wisdom today, most people are seeking after after wealth, power, prestige, fame, fortune. I mean, isn't that the desire of most young people today? To have some kind of viral video or to have their channel explode and and be able to live and make millions off of just uh, social media or, or something of that nature. That's what people are looking for today. Instead of seeking real wisdom, they just want to be to be known, uh, to be notorious. Uh, people that are so smart that we can look back on history and see the world powers and see that in every single case, the downfall of all these world powers has been because of their lack of wisdom, their lack of knowledge and wisdom in the things of the Lord. And it's sin. And it's always because of self-love. So if we could ever get ourselves out of the way and realize it's not about us and put our focus on what matters, which is the Lord Jesus, and seek after wisdom and knowledge and do those things, then we would be much better off. And so, in the United States, we are bent on this society dominating on fame. I mean, that's what everybody's under, fame. Fame, fame and fortune. They want their face out there, whether it be good or bad. Now, uh, well, they say any news is, is good news? That's not true. You don't want some bad things out there in the news about you, but they, they claim that these actors and famous people, even if it's bad news, it helps them in some way become more famous. And so uh, uh, there aren't many ornaments of grace being displayed on many heads today, but ornaments of shame. Now I wonder as I study over this the, about the emphasis of an ornament of grace and why he kept referring to an ornament of grace. When we think of ornaments, we think of a, a Christmas tree. We think of the nice shiny, you know, glass bulbs that we hang on the trees and, and different things to, to make it look beautiful. And it seems kind of unusual. But if you study further into the Hebrew culture, you're going to find that the wreath uh, played a very important role in the lives of the children of Israel. And that's what this ornament is, is referring to as a wreath. A wreath. The symbol of the wreath was a sign of power and majesty. Uh, if you if you have studied history much or know anything about the Roman Empire, you will find that all those Roman emperors, their pictures and their coins always had uh, an image of them with a, a wreath, a braided wreath around their heads. That was a victor's wreath. They would give these out at the end of of the Olympic Games, they give out these these wreaths. Uh, when a lawyer would go into a case and win a case, he would have this wreath that uh, there. It was a symbol of of wealth and and uh, of, of power and majesty. And so it was one of the most powerful images for the Jews. Kings wore wreaths upon their heads. You know, when we think of a king, we think of the the gold crown. You know, it looks like the Burger King's crown. These kings back in that day didn't have those types of crowns. They did later on, uh, you know, in the you know, 500s and 600s, and up in that time they started wearing those crowns. But up in the early days, back in the Hebrews' days, they wore these wreaths on their heads. And uh, it was considered a royal, royal diadem. A royal diadem. And so it was a crown that was twisted and braided with, and woven, and it was placed in, in a shape of a wreath and placed upon the head of those that were royalty or uh, majesty or something like that. Uh, Verse 9 also mentions chains about thy neck. This is another important symbol to the Hebrew culture. Genesis 41 and 42 says, And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. So even back in Daniel's day, before the Lord Jesus was born here as a to a virgin on earth. Uh, before the Lord here was on earth, Daniel and uh, 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 Joseph, these, these folks were presented with, with these symbols of power. And that's what the king did with Joseph. He put, or the Pharaoh, who was a king, of Egypt. And he arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. This was a sign that he was in charge, in power. He was second in command of Egypt. In the book of Daniel, Daniel tells Belshazzar the meaning of the words, handwritten on the wall, meaning, meaning, tickle, farson, remember that? Daniel 5 and 29, uh, then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler of the kingdom. So there again, this was a symbol of his power that he had now because he was wearing a chain of gold. Now what did uh, Solomon tell us over there? He was talking about an ornament of grace. He was talking about uh, the chain uh, about thy neck. The ornament of grace under thy head and chains about thy neck. That's what it said in our opening text, Proverbs 1 and 9. And so these symbols and ornaments uh, are very significant to the minds of the Jews. But I can't help to think how much better off we'd be if we'd simply read and practice what the Bible teaches. And uh, here we have the wisest man in history writing down words of wisdom for us to follow, yet we act as fools forsaking this wisdom and look where it's led us. You know, people today say this Bible's outdated. In fact, they want to write new Bibles. They want to, they want to take things out of this one and, and add different things. They want to make it uh, gender neutral these days. There's a Bible out there that takes all the genders out of the Bible, even, even God and, and the Lord Jesus. It's no longer a, a male form. But it's a binary. Uh, there are some people that want to claim that God is a woman. And so you'll see people today are the most unwise people ever to walk the face of the earth. So they reject what is written in God's word, even though it's the truth and wisdom. Uh, today, all across the world, people are, of course, celebrating mothers. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think mothers all will be celebrated. Uh, I wish I could say that every mother was doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord. But we know they're not. Um I wish that every mother was teaching their children the things of God and bringing them up under the acknowledgment and wisdom of what God says. But we know that's not the case, and so more and more today, motherhood is looked down upon. It's frowned on uh, in most modern cultures now. Here in the Western world, anyway, uh, someone looks at a mother and they have they put her on a lower scale than perhaps the businesswoman who is not a mother doesn't have children, or the, the young woman that's rising up in the ranks, and they put more stock into that instead of a mother, which is the complete opposite of what it ought to be. Uh, these people that don't have children, and never uh, raised children, know anything about that, they don't have the same wisdom and knowledge that a mother has. And so mothers are looked down on. Uh, the world would have you to believe that for a woman to be successful, that she needs to be more like a man. She needs to have a man's uh, means to do things. She needs to rise up through the ranks in, in the business world and, and have, hold down a high-paying job and, and all these things. That's not what God intended at all, at all. And so our young ladies today are taught to idolize these um, stars, uh, these rock uh, figures, these pop stars, television, and movie celebrities, And they believe that that is what they should aspire to be. If you would look at some of the lives of these people, you'll find out. And young people don't understand this because all they see is what comes across the screen. All they see is these beautiful girls getting up on stage. And they've got lots of money and lots of fame, lots of power. Their name's out and they aspire to be that way. What they don't see is the ugly background. They don't see that just a few years later they're spent. A few years later, they're, uh, they're, they're so strung out on drugs. Uh, they're corrupt. Everything about them. Look at some of the lives of these people. Uh, I just saw the paper the other day of a, of, of a young lady that used to be very popular, uh, Britney Spears and, uh, how she was once on top of the world and now she has just faded out into, uh, just news headlines about her being out of her mind. Her own father comes out and says she has dementia. And so, so many things that our young people today are looking at and using as what they deem to be the thing they should be. And it's completely backwards and opposite of what God says. And so, they grow up hoping to be like them. But what they really need to be doing is looking at that female influence in their own home, their own mother. Uh, this ornament of grace or wreath of honor the Bible speaks of. It's not a literal wreath. It's spiritual. You're not going to find mothers walking around with wreaths on their head. Uh, they may wear a necklace. may have a chain around their neck. But uh, it's talking about a spiritual wreath. A spiritual ornament of grace. And it, and it doesn't actually have to mean on your head either. It actually pertains to the whole body. To the whole person. Now, we can't preach this message without mentioning another ornament of grace. And uh, that would be the crown of thorns that was placed on the head of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to look over in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 27, we'll be finished. Matthew chapter 27. And let's look at verses 27 through 31. We all know what's happening here. The Lord Jesus has been betrayed by Judas. He's been arrested. He's been taken down uh, to uh, Pilate's Hall there. And he's been beaten and all these things that's happened to him. Matthew twenty seven twenty seven. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that, they mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And so here, this plaited crown of thorns or braided wreath that was made out of thorns, these Roman soldiers, they fashioned it as a joke. It was intended to be a joke. It was to resemble a king's crown, a royal diadem, but yet, it was placed upon his head in a mocking style. It was ugly. It was painful. It was twisted. It was a vine of thorns. And it was meant to tear, cut, and to mutilate the Lord Jesus. Now, I've often thought about that crown of thorns. You know, I've heard the phrase, or the, the saying before, many people uh, would gladly take the golden crown, but yet they will reject the crown of thorns. And if you think about that crown of thorns that he wore on his head, that would have been the ornament of grace. It was the ultimate symbol and sign. Though the Romans may have meant for it to be negative and derogatory against the Lord Jesus, as he was displayed on that on that cross with the sign above his head, King of the Jews. The truth of who he truly was was revealed to all the world that day. And as he wore that crown of thorns it just symbolized an ornament of grace upon the lord's head and listen while it was an ugly sight to behold and though the bible says we hid our faces from him and there was no beauty that we should desire it's what the bible said back in isaiah it was still one of the most beautiful symbols and ornaments of grace that has ever been displayed in all the earth now i know today is mother's day But it's also the Lord's day. It's the day that we recognize the Lord Jesus and what he did for us. And we need to remember that. And while we may sit down today at lunch and spend time with our mothers and our family, eat a nice meal, maybe give out gifts and things like that, we need to always remember that what the Lord did for us on that cross of Calvary as he displayed that ornament of grace upon his head. And it's because of that that we're able to have godly mothers. We're to have mothers that raise up their children under the admonition of the Lord Jesus. And we should thank him for that. I want us to pray together. Our Father, we thank you for the, the message today. Lord, I thank you for mothers. And Lord, for the gift that you gave us of them. Lord, I thank you for my mother and for my wife who is such a wonderful mother to our children. And Lord, a wife to me. And God, we thank you for that. But God, I understand there are people today that do not have mothers like I have. And Lord, they may not may not be feeling the same way. Lord, I would love for you, God, to just show them in their heart, God, the love that you have for them. And Lord, whether their mother failed them or their mother's no longer here, and God, there's many today that I've saw that their mothers no longer living. And today is not such a special day for them. But God, we know it's your day. It's the Lord's day. And may we remember that, God, and celebrate you, Lord, above all. And God, for that one that's listening, that's lost, I'm praying that they will get to know this Lord Jesus that can save them from their sins. Help us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, it's been good being be in God's house today. And I pray that everybody has a good day, Mother's Day today. And that you celebrate your mom. And remember, remember it is the Lord's Day. And are all hearts and minds clear today? In fear of the Lord, we're separated.